You've selected a show from the Podcast Jukebox, a DIY podcast network. This episode of No Love Lost is brought to you by FredHeBakes.com. That's FredHeBakes.com. So head on over to the website and use coupon code NOLOVELOST to get 20% off of your order. Once again, that's NOLOVELOST for 20% off of your order. And if you're looking for other ways to support the podcast, head on over to the podcast Jukebox Network and get yourself some No Love Lost t-shirts or Crazy About Kurt t-shirts. Folks, thank you so, so much again for all of your patience with this episode. I know it's been a long time coming, um, but I really appreciate you guys being patient with us as, um, you know, just life gets crazy and everything like that. So again, we can't say thank you enough for all of your help and support. So thank you so, so much again. And now, Michelle, if you would be so kind. Let's go to the island I would like to see the polar bears There was a crash and there are others and there are numbers and it all means something supposedly but even though there are times we hang our heads in sadness we know there's no We had to go back. Whoa, I'm sensing a lot of hostility from you, Will. Like, do you want to talk about that? You know what, Megan? You're mine. (laughs) No! (laughs) Okay, abort. Abandoned podcast. We have to stop. No more. Welcome back to No Love Lost. (laughs) The podcast we talk, where we break down the greatest show of television history. I'm afraid of what's going to happen to me if I disagree with you. Um, I'm I'm Will Link, and with me as always, Megan Salinas, also big big fan. Yep, definitely <laughs> nothing. <laughs> I'm not, certainly not blinking out help me in Morse code. You're not just saying that so I don't release the poison gas. <laughs> no, I love Lost. Can't you hear the enthusiasm in my voice? Well, you're in for a treat if you love Lost, because we're here to break down <laughs> season four, episode six, The Other Woman. It is written by the dr- great Drew Goddard. and uh, Oh, no way. Yep. And Christina M. Kim. And it is directed by uh, Eric Lanaville, who last directed The Brig. That's when uh, uh, Locke's dad uh, met up with Sawyer. <laughs> <laughs> Things did not go well for him. Kind um, of a milestone episode. Definitely a big one there. And it is a uh, Juliet episode. As we know, I adore Juliet. And Megan, uh, before we went on air, you were saying uh, you were kind of indifferent to this episode. And I said I had a strong opinion. But what you may not realize, considering that it's written by Drew Goddard and it's about Juliet, my strong opinion is I I think this is an extremely disappointing episode of the series. (laughs) 
okay. I thought I thought for sure that your your strong opinion um, wasn't going to be that it was bad. Uh, I see my the the way I worded it to you uh, off air was that I don't feel strongly about this episode one way or another. I feel kind of like it was just an episode. You you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of flashback episodes in season three where we're spinning our wheels a little bit. Yes. I I will say to this episode's credit, though, um, that it does clarify, like, so that there is zero room for doubt about what Ben's feelings are for Juliet. Um, Yes. Like, it had always been inferred and um, alluded to, but it had never actually been plainly stated until now. And so I will give this episode credit. As far as that goes, it does a very good job of ironing out that whole plot point and making it very unsettling. There's, you know, there's a lot of things that I think are, are, are good about the episode. Like when I say, like, I don't think this is a, a, a really strong episode. I mean, it's not like Jack's tattoos. You know, you know what I mean? It's not <laughs> look, like, look, we're never gonna hit that low again. I think even by the time we get to the finale, we still <laughs> like, like, or, or, or like when we're at each other's throats about the finale, I think we'll still be able to agree. At least it's not Jack's tattoos. It, the thing about this episode is, and, and you hit the nail right on the head head it, it, it is spinning its wheels a little bit um you know season four i've said multiple times is my my favorite season and every episode so far the season i've really loved i've loved the forward momentum the constant is like an emotional powerhouse and then coming off of that this episode it does feel like it's trying to like, well, we need to give Juliet an episode and, you know, she's not going to be flash forward because she's not off the island. So we're going back to doing a flashback. It, it's almost showing its hand a little bit by not yeah. allowing that character to have a flash well, forward. Well, you know, it's in fairness that even if Juliet were off the island, she wouldn't be one of the Oceanic Six because she wasn't on flight uh, 815. So, but still it's, I don't know. Like, I feel like it's, like you said, it clarifies some stuff and it does some good Ben creepy stuff. But it also does some season three stuff in that, like, let's introduce a character that we'll never see again. And let's, uh, let's delve into a relationship that we already know exists. Yeah, or a relationship that we're never going to get really a resolution to. Um, uh, And nor do we care at this point. Like, we want to know, there are people, like, tripping through time right now. (laughs) And it's hard to get excited about Juliet's love life. Uh, Especially when, like, we know the guy she did like is dead. Um, so let's, let, I guess we should get into it. it Megan, do uh, you want to sh- do that thing I do? Yep. <laughs> uh, if this happens to be your first episode of No Love Lost, just fair warning, this is your official spoiler alert. We could be talking about plot points at any given point in time in the series up to and including the finale. So 
if you are, if this is your first time going through Lost or if you just stumbled across our podcast and haven't had a chance to watch yet, you have been warned. So, like I said, it's a flashback episode. So we'll we'll do our old thing of starting with the flashback. And it starts with Juliet is in a, an office and she's, you know, she's waiting for, for something. And then a woman comes in, Harper. She's a therapist. And uh, Juliet starts talking to her and she's like, you know, I, I've been here for a week, which I guess is our first clue that like, spoiler, we're, we're on the island. On the island, the yeah, yeah. But she's like, I've been here for a week. I don't like being the center of attention. And, and Harper's basically like, hey, you're not really the center of attention. Yeah, this lady was so quick to try to knock Juliet down a peg. Like, Juliet wasn't even bragging. She was just like, I'm just socially awkward. And this lady's like, you're not so great. And it's like, whoa. <laughs> whoa. Yeah. There's a lot to unpack there. Harper's got some got some issues. Um, Even before some <laughs> other stuff happens with her. But, you know, the other thing is Juliet probably is getting a lot of attention, although maybe not as much as she thinks because it's probably all coming from Ben and everybody's probably giving Juliet attention because it's like, oh, we got to, like, Ben's into her. We better we better all be into her because Ben's our crazy leader. I mean, again, to be fair, she is here to solve a problem that is costing people lives. So, like, I, uh, again, it's one of those things where it's, like, it's really weird that Ben got obsessed with this whole thing. But, like, at the end of the day, Juliet is here to help people. And she has made some pretty impressive scientific breakthroughs back on the mainland. And so, I don't know how many scientists are hanging out on the island, but, like, if I was within that field and uh, somebody who made a super awesome breakthrough like that um, was like now my coworker, I'd be excited about that too. But like I said, I don't know how many scientists. <laughs> so you're, you're probably right, Will. It is more probably just Ben being really excited that she's there and everybody else being like, if it makes Ben happy. <laughs> exactly. Um, so... She, uh, you know, she's in this therapy session. All of a sudden, there's a knock on the door. Who is it? It's Mr. Friendly. Hey. Hey, Tom. Long time no see. How you doing, buddy? <laughs> and he, then we have the exact proof that, hey, we are on the island. And, hey, Ben wants to see Juliet. So she is brought to, uh, she is brought to Ben. And Ben has a surprise for for her, it is a house. He has given her one of the other's houses. And uh, Juliet's surprised by this because she's like, I'm only going to be here six months. Why go through all this trouble? And we know that she is not going to be there yeah. six months. <laughs> uh, yeah, Ben, good line, though. Well, we want you to feel at home. <laughs> I, I do have to, again, um, excellent acting. Um, in this in this episode, because you can definitely tell Juliet's alarm bells are going off, but it would be very very rude to bring that up, and so you can definitely see her like 
kind of push down like that. No, I'm overreacting. It's fine. This is fine. You can definitely see her like kind of struggling with that a little bit, or at least that that's the vibe I was getting. She's being given a house. You know, yeah. how do you say no? Exactly. She's like, wow, that's a lot. I will say, um, before before we move on with the rest of the flashback, do we, like, knowing that this is the way that Ben is, like, treating her, do we think that a lot of this initial hostility from Harper is coming from Harper being, like, straight up jealous? But, but she, I, I think Harper is, and I'm making a generalization here, I think she is just a harsh person. Because, one, she has no real, is she really, like, Later, she has reason to be jealous because the relationship with Goodwin. But, like, Goodwin even says that their marriage is basically over. Like, he's been sleeping on the house for a year. That's what I mean. Like, I'm wondering if maybe there's, like, a secondary love triangle going on. Like, Harper's into Ben because, uh, like, she's attracted to power or something. Oh, well, that Maybe. would be that would be crazy. <laughs> that I would be insane, that's a storyline. That I mean, I don't mean that crazy. Like you're crazy for thinking that, but like that's like a that would be like a storyline that obviously they have not they did not explore. But if, I that, would, if that was part of the storyline, that probably got thrown out because there were like too many love triangles. <laughs> yeah, you could never do it. But that's interesting. Uh, ben, well, the island's most desirable bachelor. <laughs> he only wants what he can't have. <laughs> um. So the next time we see Juliet, she's she's crying. Uh, she's just lost a a, a patient, and uh, Goodwin comes in. Another dead other that we haven't seen in a while. Hey, and, good one. <laughs> and he comes in and he's like, hey, I'm just looking for some gauze. And he's like, I burnt myself at the power station. And, you know, she, uh, Juliet starts to help him and they start talking because he saw that she was upset. And he's, you know, talking about how she lost a patient. He's like, oh, you know, you should go see that, uh, uh, the psychiatrist. And, uh, but she even says, right? Doesn't she, she referred to her as like, that strikes her as like spiteful. That Harper strikes her as spiteful. And then Goodwin's like, that's my wife. (laughs) Awkward. Not inaccurate, but awkward. But, you know, Goodwin doesn't really, you know, at this point, Goodwin clearly, uh, I think he's more interested that this woman has, yeah, correctly defined his wife. <laughs> he's and, like, couldn't agree more. <laughs> and he's like, uh, and, you know, she basically, they decide to keep each other's secrets that she said this. And he uh, wasn't really burned at the power station. She knows it's a chemical burn. What you do with um, all those chemicals there, Goodwin? Yeah, could it possibly have something to do with a gas that would kill everyone on the island? Ooh, that we'll never talk about again after this episode. 
Well, they made it inert. Yeah, problem solved. No big. <laughs> um. So uh, the next thing we see is she's telling Ben like some discovery she's made, and we we get to hear a little bit of it that the um that the immune system seems to be attacking the fetus and the women who are getting pregnant on the island. And before they could go too much further, Goodwin drops in. And he's immediately like, hey, you want this extra egg salad sandwich? And <laughs> Juliet, Juliet wants something, but it's not an egg salad sandwich. And he's like, don't mind me. I'm just going around asking everyone if they want this extra egg salad sandwich. I want nothing special. Definitely nothing special. Do you want it, Ben? Uh, okay, nope, I'll just keep asking. Don't mind me. <laughs> and yeah, Ben immediately picks up on some flirtiness and he is not, uh, he is visibly not thrilled. Ben, you know, it's, you know, one thing that's a little contradictory about Ben, but maybe it's only in regards to romantically, because I'm trying to think if there's another time of this like ben has both the best poker face but like in a moment like this he had zero poker face but maybe <laughs> maybe it just has to do with like you know when love it comes is to different. girls <laughs> yeah which i buy i buy there's a big difference between like trying to get a girl you like to like you and trying to like you know be the megalomaniacal leader of a, a island cult I mean, yeah, I mean, to, to to Ben's credit, if if that's the explanation we want to go with, uh, instead of maybe just trying to, again, make things clear for the audience. Um, maybe like, make things clear to Goodwin. <laughs> maybe. Maybe, yeah, maybe that's just him trying to, he's like, I know I have, like, an excellent poker face regarding all of these things, so maybe I'm not being clear when I'm sending these signals to Juliet and she's not picking up on it. That might actually be accurate. <laughs> he might be like, I'm being too subtle. I take back <laughs> I take back what I said. <laughs> yeah, he's he's trying to be like, hey, Goodwin, step off. <laughs> hey, Juliet, I'm doing all these nice things for you. Like, yeah, maybe he's just like, I'm too good. I'm too good of a master manipulator. <laughs> I need to be better at expressing my emotions. So now let me ask you a question. In the next scene, Harper in therapy, Harper, by the way, is a terrible therapist. Um, in therapy is asking Juliet what he th she thinks of Ben. Now, is this Harper trying to figure this out for herself because she doesn't want her sleeping with Goodwin or because, you know, or is this like Ben said to her, find out what she thinks of me? It's, I mean, it's hard to say because we, we know Ben's having conversations with everybody and that like, Everybody has their own unique set of instructions that he's, he's, uh, like, all, all we had to do was look at Mikhail and, and the, the two girls at that underwater station, um, like, the, the way, like, his orders were conveyed to them is, like, you person lied to this other person, and, like, like, Ben's just playing everybody, so who even knows what his relationship was with Harper, or what his working relationship was with Harper, um, I think that her, 
I think regardless of whether or not it's Ben prodding her or, or asking her to prod for information, I think that's almost immaterial. I think what we're meant to take away from this is that she's not asking for the purposes of therapy. She's asking because she's fishing for information, either just to satiate her own curiosity because she has had this instant dislike of Juliet or at Ben's behest. And like I said, I almost think it doesn't matter, but it's just, it's very clear that it's not for the purposes of actual therapy. Um, and then things really get out of the realm of actual therapy when she's basically like, hey, stop sleeping with my husband. <laughs> yeah, that's not, that's not great. <laughs> so now here's where we get a little mixed Harper thing because Harper, so Harper and Goodwin seem to have a relationship if we're to believe Goodwin and also if we're to believe some of Harper's behavior that they're like on the outs. But I guess, I guess she still cares about him because she doesn't want, she's not worried that Ben's going to do anything to Juliet because Ben loves Juliet. <laughs> uh, she's worried that he's going to do something to Goodwin as like revenge. Yeah, I think, I think there's a difference between recognizing that your relationship hasn't worked, but still recognizing that the person isn't a bad person. And I, I think that's what it is. Obviously, her relationship with Goodwin has come to an end, but she clearly doesn't wish him ill because he's, she still thinks he's a good man, if that makes any sense. Like, I, I think that's where she's coming from. I mean, and, and what do you- And everybody knows, as a psychiatrist, she knows Ben's crazy. <laughs> and I mean, like, can you get divorced on the island? Um, <laughs> I don't know. Are there any lawyers? <laughs> Are there any lawyers on the island? <laughs> I mean, I feel like there there are enough houses to go around that if you just if you if you want to break up, like you don't have to keep staying in the same house. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like if there are officiants on the island, there has to be somebody like a notary or something who can help you out, right? Yeah, I mean, I guess I don't know what the process is like, but I guess if you just want to end your relationship, you just end your relationship because guess what, you're not going back to the mainland. <laughs> Not anytime soon. <laughs> not with uh, the submarine gun. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I guess you if you're if you're on the island, do you file taxes? Like, <laughs> is that a thing? <laughs> How much embezzlement could we have caught Ben on? Because <laughs> it, it can't be easy keeping this whole thing under wraps. So, she's like, what? Yeah, has Juliet been filing taxes for the last three years? Yeah, that's a good <laughs> this, question. This is an important question. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just, I'm just picturing somebody on the island, like refreshing a web browser, waiting. I can't for, for I their can't, reimbursement. <laughs> I can't wait for the episode when the others get audited. <laughs> I would love that. I know, I know you're joking, but I would genuinely love that episode. 
So that's how they got Al Capone. <laughs> that's how they got Benjamin Linus. <laughs> uh, okay, moving on. So the next time we see uh, them, they're having a, a it's Goodwin and, and and Juliet, and they're having a romantic date on the beach. And that's when we find out that like I've been sleeping on the couch for a year from Goodwin and and. You know, she's worried about Ben, but Goodwin's like, what's Ben going to do? Ben can't do anything. Like, he's too worried about everything else. Like, he's not going to be a, 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 a bother. Which is funny because he, he actually does recognize. What, because he has a crush on you? Come on. Yeah, well, because he's Goodwin. Goodwin's fatal mistake is that he thinks... Ben is like a normal person who is interested in someone who's not interested in them. And then just like, you know, oh, well, back I'll... off if they were clearly with someone else. Yeah. And they'll just be sad about it. That's all. Um, but no, no, no. Because then cut to the next scene. It's the plane crash. We've seen this scene from a few angles now. And now we see Ben telling Goodwin. Hey, why don't you run uh, to the beach, you know, and 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 uh, where the tail section crashed, and uh, you know, eventually get murdered? By, I, by I will. I will say that, like, I I think when we were initially talking about, um, I think Juliet's first flashback episode where we got, like, it was it revealed that both Ethan and Goodwin have medical training in that episode because I think I was screaming about like why would you send like one of the few people who has medical training like why would you send them away on a very dangerous covert mission like that's that's not like you don't send a medic on a spy mission that's a terrible idea um but now we if if Goodwin was it is sorry it's been a while since we talked about that episode um, it was sometime in 2020 and that was a million years ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that like, it makes sense to give Ben additional motivation to be like, Hey, yeah, you get out of here. <laughs> I, I will say it, it, it feels like a retcon, but at the same time, I'm like, ah, oh, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, it doesn't necessarily feel like that big of a stretch. So it still works. It doesn't it, break anything. Yeah. It's like, a, it's a, it's a, it's a pseudo retcon. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. I like that. Um, so now some time has passed and Juliet's coming over to Ben's and she's got a whole lot of dinner rolls because she was told there was a dinner party, but really it was a dinner party for two. Ben made a ham. <laughs> yeah that's that's super awkward just like oh i thought this was like a party party and he's like oh i should have been more clear <laughs> now that we're getting back to like people can be in your homes i'm gonna start doing that i'm gonna start inviting people <laughs> over for dinner parties and be like no it's just us party of two <laughs> yeah of course it's a party yeah party of two <laughs> um and you know, so over dinner, she asks about Goodwin. And Ben says Goodwin's making the case for Anna Lucia, but Ben's not buying it. Well, Ben was correct in that. That wasn't going to work out. But, <laughs> um, 
but it it worked out just fine as far as he's concerned. Yes. So he um so uh, Juliet is now concerned because we get the drop that like Ethan has been killed. Yeah, and yeah. she's worried for Goodwin, and she's like, "I think you should pull him out of there." And Ben's like, "No, no, no." So, of course, we see Juliet bringing uh, Ben Jack's file. Like, hey, there was a spinal surgeon on that plane. Aren't you excited? Well, Ben's more interested in something else. It's like, I got to show you something. And he brings Juliet out to find the dead body of Goodwin. I I, I will say that, like, I do... Um, I am very interested in the timeline because at this point now it's it's very clear that she's told him exactly she's given him his diagnosis. And so yes. yeah, I, I would very much like to see like the exact timeline of how how this particular series of events has progressed. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, but but yes, you're you're right. She he he He's he's like I, I I'm gonna show you something. She's like, why? Why would you do this? <laughs> exactly. Who does that? <laughs> you psycho. One man does that. <laughs> Benjamin Linus. That's who. Um. So Ben uh, brings it to the dead body and. He's 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 cold as ice about this, and Juliet is very upset. And she's like, "Why would you bring me here?" And he's like, "What? Instead of his wife?" Mm-hmm. And that's when he tells her, "It's some real like incel shit." He's like, "You're mine." Yeah, he's like, "I don't know how I have to spell this out any clearer for you." <laughs> and like that, this is exactly what I'm talking about. This was creepy as shit but like also i'm like bravo (laughs) this is oh sorry i didn't mean to cut you off oh no 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 the go go redhead i was gonna say this is what kind of annoys me about the episode Uh because this whole ben juliet thing it really just feels like a tagged on thing it feels very unnecessary to the overall rest of the show. And it also feels like at this point in the show, they knew it was probably going to be unnecessary and they just needed to do some stuff with Juliet in a flashback. They, they and, needed some time to kill. Yeah, and it, it it bothers me a little bit because, I mean, you know, just like it bothers me later in the episode when she says to Jack about how she feels about him. And I don't know, maybe it's because, like, I'm looking back at the series as a whole now and I'm like, she should be with Sawyer. And she is with (laughs) Sawyer later. And and also like, I don't know. Like I don't, I don't buy, and I I buy Ben being infatuated with her, but I don't buy any level of importance to it. I don't buy her having feelings for Jack in the way she expresses them. I, I, I don't know. Like there's something about it. That just that feels doesn't artificial. work. Yes. Yeah, and I, I think that's an absolutely fair criticism, especially 
especially having made the the season three comparison that we were talking about earlier where it's just like it feels like we it feels like it's drilling down on things that didn't necessarily need to be drilled down or explicitly stating things that don't need to be explicitly stated because we've had so much subtext surrounding them um like there has there has been so many offhanded comments and um looks from ben that we know how he feels about juliet or if we don't know specifically we can guess um and we know how juliet feels about jack and so <laughs> we can deduce therefore <laughs> how ben feels about jack not only as a a rival in the leader's sense but also as a you know if you want to get into the romantic stuff uh, a romantic rival but yeah it's it's like we already we're already there are already so many spinning plates in the air when it comes to yeah, love yeah. triangle stuff that it it does it 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 bore it it <laughs> It skirts the line of being excessive because it, it, we've gotten to the point where it's like, okay, if we if we created a whiteboard with like a bunch of different character pictures on them and we connected <laughs> those pictures with thread about which characters are in potential relationships or who has feelings towards who, like I feel like we'd have a pretty messy board fairly quickly. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, definitely. Um, I, I will say to its credit, it, it does precisely what it's aiming to do. And that is creep you out. Um, so kudos again to Michael Emerson for giving a good, well, a that good performance about a controlling individual. Yes. Like that, that is 100%. Um, um and maybe, maybe it's. Maybe it's just because I'm a girl. <laughs> it hit me a little bit harder, I think, than you. But I, I absolutely get what you're saying. Well, there is a I certain mean, artifice to it. The idea hits me hard, and Emerson's performance hits me hard. It's just, you know, and maybe it's also because, like, in the ensuing years, like, Juliet really became, like, one of my favorite characters. And I feel like this episode's given her a little bit of a short shrift, even if it's all about her. Um I think that's fair. I, I, I feel like um, Lost does that a lot with, with its female characters. It puts their relationships at the forefront of, like, of, like, it puts their emotional relationships as the forefront of their, their conflicts and their central, like, the central thing about them. Whereas male characters can have a variety of stuff but for the female characters it's always tied back to well who is their partner or who is their potential partner like it always feels tied back to that in some way shape or form so let's talk about the present timeline uh juliet uh is you know she's building a little house on the beach and son's like hey why are you building that house when we're all about to leave and julia's like oh, well you know she's like i've heard that one before <laughs> i do like it juxtaposed with the like why i'm only going to be here for six months that so that was good that was good parallels yeah. <laughs> um and at this point we realize faraday and charlotte are gone and jack is like where do they go where do they go 
And Jin's like, oh, I saw him run into the woods. And Jack's like, why wouldn't you tell us? And Jin rightfully brings up, like, because I thought they were our friends. You, we were told you're friends. This is also another case of where maybe maybe Captain Jack should have let more people in on the secrets. It's it's this is one of those things where it's like, uh, hey, yeah, maybe uh, maybe keeping things a little close to the chest uh, didn't behoove you as much as you thought it would. <laughs> but I can make the same argument for Faraday and Charlotte, because maybe if they had just been like, listen, there's this toxic gas that we need to put a stop to. We're going to go do this. You can come with us. Yeah, here's the thing. If they had just said Benjamin Linus has a dangerous plan to kill us all, I don't think you would have had to twist anybody's arm <laughs> to like, I, I guess maybe they were like, time is of the F- essence. We don't have time to convince anybody that we're right. We just have to go and do I don't think you, I don't think it would take that much convincing. I think the only thing that makes them seem suspect is that they run away to do it. Yeah. Yeah, uh, no, like, I, I mean, I guess the thing is that Charlotte, just generally speaking, doesn't care about any of these people. Well, yes. Yeah, she, she's like, I don't need their permission to Charlotte, go <laughs> and Charlotte, not die. <laughs> Charlotte's a little bit more like, by the book, the mission, we're not telling anybody shit. Where Faraday, Faraday's a little more, you know, like, a little hey, more. These guys seem cool. Desmond's a good guy. He's a little bit more like human about it in a way. He's a little bit more like, yeah, people are going to have questions and I want to make them feel better. Faraday, he's an awkward guy, but he's got a good heart. So Juliet and Jack run into the jungle and all of a sudden you hear the whispers and then and then who's there? Harper, Dr. Harper. But guess what? Like Dr. Harper is like just a regular other. I was gonna say, like, I like there was like a like what fifteen seconds where I was convinced she was a ghost. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, now it's like if I want to defend the show, and I always do, even though I'm down on this episode. Um, I guess you could say the whispers were alerting Juliet to someone coming. Not that the whispers and the person coming are actually connected. But there's <laughs> nothing <like> ghosts. <laughs> there's nothing in this episode to make us understand that that's only like a hindsight 2020 thing. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess the the hindsight answer is that ghosts are just going to do, island ghosts are just going to do what island ghosts do. <laughs> but she gives Juliet, like, she's like, hey, they go into the Tempest. They're going to release gas to kill everyone. Um, ben uh, wants you to go kill them. Uh, and she's like, hey, Ben's like been captured. And like Ben's exactly where Ben wants to be. Um, and, okay, Harper. <laughs> yeah. And also like... What is the game plan for Ben releasing that gas? Because, look, we know Ben's really the one who wants that gas to release. What's the game plan there? Ben don't have no gas mask on. What's going to happen? I, 
Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> That's think- the thing. Like, this is one of those episodes that I feel like, and I can't believe I'm the one who's down on it more. This is like, and maybe it's because I think the quality of season four is so high and so interesting. And then this episode, it's like a lot of things that don't quite make sense. That's fair. I mean, my expectations for this season are super, super low because this is where I remember getting really frustrated with the show. Um, so maybe that's it. Maybe your expectations are too high. And so when the when we get an episode that falls short, you're you're going to be more hard on it. Whereas I'm like, ah, well, I was indifferent to this season anyway. So <laughs> or I was expecting this episode to hurt me and it didn't. So like I, there I, we go. I probably wasn't hard on this episode when it first aired, but now I'm a little hard on it. Also, it's like, cause everything, it's like the emperor has no clothes because like everything about it is good. Ben creepy and possessive. Good. Poison gas that could kill everyone. Good. But then like the mechanics of how it goes down leaves something to be desired. You know, this isn't the first episode where we've come across it and it's like, the episode isn't more than the sum of its parts. Um, like th- there are episodes like that. And there, I mean, granted, I, I still remember there being one episode where we, we came into it being really annoyed. And then the more we talked about it, the more we liked it. I feel like this is the opposite. Like the more we talk about it, the more I, I agree with you that like, oh no, there are definitely more problems than I initially. Man, this is a real <laughs> role reversal on this one. <laughs> Um, because it's how's awesome. it feel? It's, how's it feel? Well, <laughs> it's not like here's the thing. It's not like some unwatchable thing. Like it's not some no, like, no. terrible thing. But it's like it's so I'm like more disappointed in it than be like fuck you episode. Yeah. Now, no, no, you're absolutely right though. Like the the more you drill into things, the more you're like, wait a minute, that doesn't really connect in the way that it should. Unless unless Ben's plan was like. Uh, unless I get out of this situation, then I'm just going to flip the table and, you know, <laughs> and everybody loses, which I would not put it past Benjamin Linus to to pull an F you. We're all going down. <laughs> like if I can't win. So Jack, though, Jack, uh, you know, he's being a little Jackish, but Juliet, because Jack does kind of have a thing for Juliet, Juliet is able to kind of put Jack in his place a little bit. And she's like, I need you to like help me. And Jack goes along with this. Yeah. Um, um, meanwhile, so they're going to head to the Tempest. Meanwhile, Faraday and Charlotte, they're like looking at a map, trying to get to the Tempest. And they're talking about like, can Faraday do it? Can Faraday do this thing he's got to do? And I guess we're supposed to, we're supposed to infer that, like, they're planning something nefarious? Yeah, and I never really, I think even then I didn't buy that. Because look who you're getting the information from, Benjamin Linus. Well, and also, we had that, like, uh, talking about coming off of the emotional high of the previous episode. Like, Faraday helped Desmond. Why, why would he willingly do something not cool what's right interesting that. about the freighter folk is that you know they work for a bad dude and it, you can make an argument Widmore is worse than ben at the end of the series you can make a definite argument for that they work for a bad dude 
there's some bad people on that freighter. But there are also some good normal people. Faraday, I mean, he's not normal, quote unquote, but he's just like, you know, he's a person who wants to do the right thing. Uh, Lapidus, you know, even Charlotte, Charlotte and Miles, they're a little gruffer, but they're like not bad people. Well, Miles, arguably. <laughs> um, Miles is more self-serving. He's not He's not the worst person in the world, but he's- You, you know what? I, again, I think I'm taking the series-wide view of Miles that like Miles will be like a good dude. At- Miles has a, has a journey to go on now that Sawyer has sort of finished his arc. <laughs> <laughs> or is at the tail end of his arc. Um yeah. yeah, so he's Miles has become our lovable rogue. But um but yeah, you're you're right. There's I mean, they're they work for a bad guy, but I wouldn't consider any of them, even Miles, to be bad guys. Um so Kate, who is left uh Otherville has yeah exiled kate not even gonna lie uh up until this point i totally forgot she had been exiled (laughs) because you know the constant what didn't focus on her like even remotely the constant kind of like is kind of a almost like a a brain cleanser in a way of like it's so good and so concentrated on one thing you almost forget everything else yeah (laughs) Um, Um, but yeah kate's in exile and she comes across them and she explains to them that like Miles is being held a prisoner and and they Someone should do something about that. Like Locke put a grenade in his mouth. Yeah, I wonder if he's still there with the grenade in his mouth. Oh, we'll um, check in on him in like another three episodes or so. <laughs> See how that's going. There's also this whole uh you know, she's asking them questions like, Oh, the sat phone's dead and you know, Kate sees a sat phone there. And, you know, Kate obviously knows they're lying, but she's asking them more questions. And she finds the gas mask. And at that point, Charlotte just knocks her out. Yeah. And this is exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, Daniel Faraday, you know, before they ran off, was probably like, oh, we should probably tell them. And Charlotte's like, no, we're not doing that. <laughs> yeah. Char- and, and remember, Faraday's... Got a thing for Charlotte. So he's like, yes, ma'am. <laughs> yes, yeah, so he's going to go. He's going to go along with Charlotte, who's a much more strong-willed person anyway. Um, so they're back heading towards the, their, the, the Tempest. And so is Jack and Juliet. And there's a fun little exchange where Jack's like, who was that woman back there? And she's <laughs> like, it was my therapist. And Jack's like, you got therapists? And she's like, well, you know, it's very stressful being an other. Can I can I just say, uh, or, or, or more specifically, can I ask, do we ever see or hear from Harper ever again? <laughs> um, again, it's been a long time since I watched the series, but if my memory serves me correct, no. She just left to go hang out with the sheriff then. <laughs> I was literally about to say that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Add her to the list of one-off characters that came and went and will never be spoken of again after this episode. <laughs> um, and then they come across uh, Kate. They find Kate. And Juliet is like, well, Jack's examiner. Juliet's like, I'm going to go 
I'm going to go get some water. Uh, but she doesn't go get water. She just keeps following them. Also, wasn't like Kate on like the bed of a, a stream? Like, didn't have to go far for that water, right? Am I making that up? Not the best lie. <laughs> yeah, Juliet's normally a very, a, a much better liar than that. But then again, then again, it worked because she got out of there. She just <laughs> needed to excuse herself for a minute. Maybe they both knew that Juliet was lying, but like because things are so awkward right now between the three of them from a romantic standpoint that uh, they actually didn't believe her when she said she was going to get water and they just thought she was just stepping away to excuse herself. <laughs> yeah, it just it has nothing to do. They didn't think she was going to run off and, and complete the mission or anything like that. They just thought it literally had to do with the awkwardness of the situation. We do have a moment where Kate does get to tell Jack, like, why she stayed behind at other Otherton because <laughs> she had to find out if the freighter folk knew about her. And Jack's like, did they? And she goes, oh, yeah, yeah, they did. <laughs> if I go back, I will be immediately arrested. And Jack's sitting here going like, I promise I won't let that happen. <laughs> Even though we are. <laughs> that's not that's not what how it goes down. <laughs> so Juliet gets to the Tempest. And she goes in there, gun drawn. And she finds Faraday in like a uh, uh, hazmat suit, typing furiously, and it just keeps saying override denied, override denied. And they're trying to stop this gas from leaking. So I got a, I got a couple of questions here. <laughs> Go for it. Proceed. One, is the gas starting to leak because they came to try to override it from ever leaking? Or was this on some timer that they knew about that Ben was going to leak out the gas? Unclear. Because <laughs> I guess it makes more sense that their actions triggered the gas to possibly leak like a fail-safe system, but, but they had to do this because they had to make it inert because otherwise Ben would use it against them. I don't know, man. <laughs> okay, here's another question. The more we try to figure out Ben's plan, the more exhausted I get. <laughs> here's another thing. He is typing away furiously. What is he typing? What is he trying to do? He either knows what to type or not. Like, is he just making get? Is this like, is he guessing passwords? Like, what could you be typing that would make the gas inert? Will, like I don't, don't, don't you know the first thing about hacking a computer? The Like, everybody knows that when you hack into a computer, you're just typing in nonsense as that's fast right. you as you can. furiously hammer down at the keyboard like a chimpanzee. <laughs> exactly. That's I, how you hack. I am so dumb that I can't rem remember that. Thank you. But it's I mean, okay. it's... You know what? Again, you and I were not... We're not advanced hackers. Like, this is all stuff that's lost on us. So now here's my, my real issue with all this gas stuff. I think the gas stuff is cool. I think it's cool that Ben has this 
weaponized gas that he could use on everyone that it's like you know you know could take everyone out i think it's cool that they know about it and they have to disarm that gas before like the people from the freighter come to like fight ben i think all of that is really fucking cool and i feel like it is brushed away in 10 minutes in an episode maybe less like i think this could be so much more exciting if this was built up if this were like you know like if, if we found out about it at the at the the tail end of an episode um so that it it's a cliffhanger that's our cliffhanger if, and then we spend the entire next episode with that as our main focus and we know that like oh faraday and charlotte know about this gas and are they gonna tell people about it? are they gonna do it and are, are they gonna accidentally release the gas are they gonna like you know if are they are they gonna get it done in time i think it would all mean a little bit more i i don't know that's just no i i think you're absolutely right i think this is something that contributes to the artificial feeling of this episode because this is a huge like monumental problem that like you said it's really cool and has a lot of potential for for like dramatic circumstances and it's just it's used more like a MacGuffin, and it's brushed away very it 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 comes and goes and it's also quickly it's also solving a mystery because we they they say ben's used the gas before like we know he has he killed the dharma initiative with i guess this gas but or is this unrelated gas he just has stores of poisons that he uses for lots of different occasions. Can I ask another question that you can't answer? You may. If you release a toxic gas, well, I guess it's, if you release a toxic gas in the island, I guess it could kill everyone, even though you're outdoors and in a breezy beach. Like, I guess the gas could still kill you. I guess if there's enough of it, it makes enough of the air toxic that it doesn't matter that you're outside. But that's a lot of gas, because that's a big island. I mean, it's it's a big island, and aren't there also, like, multiple islands? Like, um... Yeah, there's a little island next to the island. Otherton is on the Little Island, right? No. No, no. I'm I'm mistaken. Sorry, the Little Island is where they were keeping Jack and Kate and Sawyer. Yeah, that's where they got Uh, the polar bear cages. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) But, yeah, point being, like you said, it's a big island. Anyway, long story short, Juliet and Charlotte get into a fight while Faraday's trying to stop this. And Charlotte rightfully is like... You really think you could trust Ben and Juliet rightfully is like, you better stop this gas, Faraday. And with two seconds to spare, Faraday types in whatever he couldn't type in before. (laughs) He had the caps lock on. (laughs) That would be amazing. (laughs) Amateur mistake. Um, And then, you know... We come outside and Kate and Jack are there and, you know, Juliet's explaining like, you know, they're, they're on our side. And And it's okay. We took care of the gas. Now let's never speak of this again. Well, Kate (laughs) wants to keep speaking because she's like, well, I want to see for myself. What if she don't even know what she's going to be looking at in there? But she doesn't. I'm sorry. Um, and man, I'm, 
I'm really bitchy to them. <laughs> um, and then Juliet's like, Ben knew, Ben thought he could control him. Ben knew, knows how to get to me. And that's why he can't know how I feel about you. And they, they Jack and Juliet kiss and it's repulsive. <laughs> The only thing that makes it all right is that I, Julie, not only can Juliet do better, I know she does better with Sawyer later. I mean, do you find this more repulsive or less repulsive than the last time they kissed at the end of season three? Because that really wasn't that long ago. That was probably it's just true. like. That wasn't that, that long ago. <laughs> the day before, maybe? Two days before? I don't know. It probably bugs me more because I'm down on the episode. That's all. And it feels like. Feels like a well, you know what? We're going to talk about that a little bit more later. Can, can we move to the other plot line? We sure oh. can. So, you know, Claire gets her one scene. She... <laughs> <laughs> wow, you are in a mood tonight. <laughs> this is my favorite show of all time. <laughs> Hey, they can't all be winners. <laughs> this look, you know what? Maybe I am in a feisty mood. And it's like this. They gave me like if I was in this mood last week with the constant, like, obviously I would have still like adored the constant. But I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> no, I think I th- it's we all get that way. We all get into like nitpicky moods and you just happen to be in a nitpicky mood and that's fine because this episode didn't really give you a lot to work with. It's okay. Well, well Claire asks um Locke about Miles and it's like, "Hey, like maybe I can talk to her." Maybe I can get something out of somebody her. a little less confrontational. <laughs> yeah, maybe someone nice can get something out of him. And Locke's like, "Nope," and he's like, "You heard what Charlie said about these people?" And she said, "All Charlie said was whose boat it isn't." <laughs> that is very, very true. Excellent point, Claire. <laughs> and you want to know what? Locke knows Claire's right. That's a moment where Locke's like, he's he's never going to let her talk to Miles, but he knows like, ah, that's a good point for Claire. Well, and he knows that out of everybody on the island, Claire's not vying for power. She's not trying to usurp him or, or pull a fast one on him. She's genuinely trying to help. Yes. Yeah, and I think like Claire, like Locke also knows that. Like Claire is a force for good. Claire is not going to stab you in the you know, back. When when they let her be on screen. <laughs> um, I mean, I get why she's not in season five at all. They weren't doing anything with her anyway. Oh, jeez. Um, Makes me sad. So Locke uh, goes to Ben. He brings him a rabbit dinner. Ben has a cute line about, like, there wasn't a number on this. <laughs> um. Oh. And then Ben, of course, does his psychological warfare on Locke, who is the easiest person to commit psychological warfare to, where he's like, um, has the revolution begun? Have they begun second-guessing the leader? <laughs> um, I know how stressful it can be. 
And Ben, because Ben's always got a plan. But then Locke says, you got a plan to get that $3.2 million. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's a good point. And Ben points out to Locke, like, look, we have a shared interest. We have a common enemy. He goes, let me out and I will tell you everything. And Locke's like, I don't trust you. But Ben's <laughs> like, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> and he's like, I have to show you. Now, here's the thing. Legitimately, in defense of Locke, he is between a rock and a hard place. And at a certain point, you do have to get information out of Ben. And you do have to let like Ben like kind of like, okay, maybe like, let's see what this asshole has to has to say or show. Um, Admittedly. But... You know, my man, this is never going to go well for you. So it's like, it's like John goes like, well, I know he's planning on manipulating me. And that makes me like unmanipulatable. And it's like, no, John, <laughs> no, that's you only think it does, buddy. <laughs> well, Ben gets out. Um, Locke lets him out. And he's like, okay, show me what you got to show me. And Ben's like, oh, behind that picture. picture." And there's a VHS tape labeled Red Sox. <laughs> but Ben is taped over it, as he should, because who would want to watch the Red Sox winning? Those terrible <laughs> Boston Red Sox. Um, and I was going to say, it sounds like he touched a nerve there. Well, no, ben, did, ben did a good thing with that, <laughs> taping over that. Yeah. The one time you can agree with the actions of Benjamin Linus. Yeah, I, that's all I need to find out. Ben's a Yankee fan or something. <laughs> like that. Like, you know, I'm a big Yankee fan. I love the Yankees. There's some terrible people who are Yankee fans, including a recent former president. But we won't talk about that. Ugh. Anyway. Not anyway, not to get political. <laughs> um... <laughs> Anyway, um, so Ben shows him the tape, and who's on the tape but the nefarious Charles Widmore. And this tape's good. I like the way this tape's shot. I like the way, like, it's, like, this kind of, like, creepy, uh, like, found footage like, Charles Widmore, like, you know, capturing and, and other and, like, torturing them. Like, and you're just getting glimpses of it. Maybe it's just because Juliet is in this is a primary focus of this episode, but this footage feels like it's right out of a purge movie, like right? <laughs> yes, it does. That's great. That's a great way to put it. <laughs> this is a crazy rich person abusing his power. And uh Ben doesn't uh he said Widmore wants to come to exploit the island. Ben doesn't know how Widmore knows about the island. Well, that's not entirely true. But <laughs> again, this is where the this is where the lost writers did themselves a favor. Like we've we talked about this. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> when you writing a, inconsistency or just Ben lying. When you have a known liar character, lean on him. And he's like, I got a file on Widmore and Locke's like, okay, this is all really good, but uh, one more thing before I let you go. 
who's your who's the man on the boat your boat who's your man on their boat and he's like oh like ben's like well that's like interesting you're gonna want to sit down for this one (laughs) and we're gonna have to wait i think two more episodes uh yeah and this is what you were talking about in the previous episode. The the quote-unquote friend on the boat and Ben's man on the boat are the same person, right? Bum, bum, bum. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> so then we get one final scene, which I think is a so off-kiltered edited scene. And it's a scene that I've thought about a lot. <laughs> and maybe I'm crazy. Like, I've thought about it like, over the years. So they're playing horseshoes, Hurley and uh, and Sawyer. And all of a sudden, there's like a music stint and Ben comes out like boop, 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 boop. And it's like he's carrying <laughs> like like laundry or whatever. And he's like, like, hey guys. Like in the way it's edited, like, because I feel like his like, whatever he says, I, I don't think it was hey guys, but whatever he says is kind of like, 80 yard or off camera like he's not on camera and it's edited like in this weird i don't know am i crazy like i can't get a sense like it's almost as if no one's like ben's not even looking at them like nobody's in there like what like he's talking to somebody else and it is it is very strange and i think purposefully so and then he's like see you guys at dinner and they're just like what and it's like it's like what is happening and (laughs) And, but I think it's, like, for them what is happening. Like, I think it's actually, like, like I don't think it's badly cut or bad audio or whatever. But I think it's it's to make us as confused as they are. <laughs> Ben's just, like, do-do-do-do-do going about his day. Uh, it, like, it's funny that you say that, like, because I... I imme- like it's one of those things where I watched that scene and it immediately left my brain. Like I had much like the rest of this episode, I had no strong feelings towards it one way or another. Um, I've thought about like- that. I've, th- I've thought about the editing of that for over a decade. Like, <laughs> like am so I an insane it bothered- person? <laughs> it bothered you like that much the first time you watched this episode? <laughs> <laughs> yes, but it's not even bothered. Like, I think it's actually, it went from being like, like bothered by the editing to thinking it's like a good bit of editing. Like I, this is re- this, I'm really going into the weeds on this, but if anyone wants to talk about the editing of that end scene, well, I'm going to have to, I think maybe it was one of those things, like maybe I started looking at my phone or something like that. Cause I can't visualize it in the way that you described it. So maybe I'm going to, I'm going to, as soon as we're done recording, I'm going to rewatch it and okay. see if I get what you're text, talking about. Text me afterwards. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm projecting something onto it. But, <laughs> but no, no, I mean, I, or, or if you're already in the mood to be like hyper vigilant for flaws, maybe just the intentionally weird tone of this stinger is just rubbing you the wrong way. Or maybe it's bad. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I was clearly doing something else. <laughs> Where my brain was clearly. But I'm telling you, it's not, else. it's rubbing me the wrong way in a good way. Like it's throwing okay, me okay. off. Like I don't think it's bad. 
Okay. I don't know. I, I'm 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 crazy. Maybe I'm just crazy. intentionally weird. Then watch the last watch the last scene and text me <laughs> when we're off air, please. Okay, sounds good. Because <laughs> I had no strong feelings about it one way or another. So hearing that this was something you've thought about for ten years is a little mind-boggling to me. <sighs> but then um, again, we we can't control what lives in our brain rent free. Like it's just it happens sometimes. Ben, do 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 do. Walking by them, going <laughs> see you guys at dinner, has lived in my brain rent free for some reason. I don't know. <laughs> Megan, let let's let's wrap this up. I'm gonna I'm gonna do I'm gonna I'm gonna start if you don't mind. Go for it. <laughs> My man, in, you. my man in black is going to be, it's going to be, I don't care about a Juliet love triangle. Like it's the least thing I care about. I probably wouldn't have cared about it in season three. And I certainly don't care about it in season four where, you know, uh, we've got a freighter full of new people poison gas like like time travel uh like it's a, a mystery of who's on a boat like it's it's really hard for me to get into the mystery of will ben kill jack because he loves juliet you know he wants to kill jack anyway yeah. <laughs> like juliet almost has nothing to do with it <laughs> so i don't know like it just feels like uh, it just yeah. feels like small potatoes. It, yeah, it's it's one of those things where, again, it's like, it, did we really need this? Um, of all the things we could have fleshed out, why did we drill down on this? I think that's fair. Um, I, it, I'm right there with you. I hate the love trying. Like, it, it, take a shot every time you hear Megan say on this podcast, <laughs> I hate the love triangle stuff. Um like it, it's not fun but just for the sake of i think on that we're agreed but for the sake of saying something different than the love triangle i'll go with the missed opportunity that was this um this gas MacGuffin. like you're yeah. absolutely right like it would have been super cool if that had been the focus of uh, at the focus of an episode or even multiple episodes because that is a genuinely big threat um and the fact that it was like introduced and then resolved so quickly it's it's disappointing uh my jacob despite issues with the storyline and and you might have the same jacob and it's okay if we do uh uh emerson's great emerson like emerson sells that creepy incel shit like he sells it there like it is terrifying and his casualness even in the scenes with Locke, like his casualness to creepiness yeah i mean I, i'm certain i've given him the jacob before but on this episode that i think is a little bit weak sauce uh I, I, i'm giving it to emerson again yeah i i wholeheartedly concur um for the artificial or or even to a degree unnecessary aspects of like actually making his feelings for Juliet explicit and the things he's willing to do in order to keep 
possession of her. Like, those aren't necessarily things that need to be spelled out for the audience because, you know, really good storytelling is, you know, when it comes to a visual medium is show, don't tell. And I feel like the show up until now has been really good about showing us how Ben feels without telling us. And this is the episode that tells us how he feels. Um, So I I, I agree with you. There's some artificialness to it and some, maybe we don't actually need to explicitly say this stuff because there was plenty of subtext for it and there were plenty of hints. Um, That being said, you are absolutely right. He sells the hell out of it. And watching him go back and forth between I'm really cool and friendly, Ben, and here's this nice house. And look, I made us a nice dinner. I'm being really nice to you. I'm like, yeah, seeing the back and forth between nice guy, Ben, (laughs) and like full on like, okay, possessive Ben, like seeing the back and forth between that it was good stuff. It was it was a really good performance. And even though it's telling rather than showing, I think Emerson tells it very well. So, Megan, where can the people find you? You guys can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Menguin. That's T-H-E-M-E-N-G-U-I-N. I have a YouTube channel called Silver Screens where my roommate and I talk about horror things. And I'm a member of Rooster Team Radio where my co-host and I talk about Rooster Teeth related content. Uh, we are wrapping up this season of Ruby Redux. Um, we're doing like a Q&A spectacular. So go check that out. It's a ton of fun. And you can follow me on Twitter at the real will link and please uh send me your thoughts on the last minute of this episode. <laughs> like I'm, I'm 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 sorry i looked down to check twitter or something whatever i was doing i just remember listening to this it is, and looking at it megan this is gonna be one of those things that like one out of a million people like notice or whatever but i just happened to like um the editor <laughs> we're gonna the- have to we're gonna have to start off our our next recap episode with uh reconvening on this point <laughs> uh, you can follow us on twitter at no love lost pod uh megan always a pleasure yes this i i, I know that the episode disappointed you will but it is never Never a disappointment getting to talk to you about this show. Ah, look at that. Look at you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And as always, see you in another life, brother. Hey there, everybody. I'm Will Link of No Love Lost. With me as always. Megan Salinas. Hey, everybody. And we're here to talk to you about the podcast Jukebox a DIY podcast network. Uh, yeah, the podcast Jukebox Network has been super supportive of us as we venture back to the island. Uh, and so we just wanted to take a minute to thank uh, them and to let you guys know that you guys should be supporting the other podcast put on by this fantastic network. If you are enjoying No Love Lost, definitely give a listen to many of the other podcasts Many of which are far less vanilla than we are. (laughs) Uh, 
uh, uh, Off the Cuffs, which is kind of the flagship show of the network. It is the BDSM kink podcast that kind of launched this whole network uh, off. You've got the Goth Librarian podcast. You have Being There podcast, a great storytelling podcast. You have The Queers Next Door, also on the network. Uh, Proud to be Kinky. Uh, drinks with God and a little podcast that's close to my heart, Megan. What is that one called? Will Sean podcast? Yeah. Will mm. he? Oh no. Spoiler alert. Uh, not as frequently as usual. <laughs> but you should definitely subscribe to all these shows. Rate them. Listen to them on iTunes. Yeah, definitely. Uh, these are all fantastic storytellers. It's so important to be sex positive. So go support these other podcasts. And uh, yeah, if you like us, you might like them. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> it makes sense. We're on the same network. <laughs> so yes, rate and subscribe to all these terrific shows. And don't forget to rate them all five stars. And also rate us five stars. Yeah, while you're at it, you're listening to us. Might as well give us a rating. <laughs> you're already there. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs>